I'm Heidi Harris. This is the Heidi Harris Show podcast. I do these a couple of times a week. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts. You can also find me live Sunday nights doing actual live radio in St. Louis, 97.1 FM talk, 7 to 9 p.m. St. Louis time. And during the week, you can find me doing podcasts and video things. You can find all that at HeidiHarris.com. You know, a lot of people are concerned about the state of children today. Teenagers are obviously having a lot of problems. There's been a big survey that came out from the CDC of all places talking about how uh, nearly 60% of young girls have considered suicide and things like that. And then you see the stories of kids getting beat up at school and social media tearing people apart and making kids feel more and more depressed and all these. We see this happening, which is one of the reasons that I focus on my podcast much more on social issues than I ever do politics. First of all, I just, you know, everybody's talking about politics these days, and I can certainly, you know, add my thoughts on Biden and balloons, but I would much rather talk about what's happening to our country long term, because the way I look at it, when it comes to politicians, you know, they are changed frequently, you know, like diapers, and usually for the same reasons. So, well, some of them are not changed frequently enough, but you get my point. But when politics goes up and down, and sometimes you've better people, sometimes you have worse people, society just tends to go downhill, And that's what I see happening in America right now. Great column in The Federalist by Mary Rose Kultzak. If your kids are unhappy, take them to church. Boy, isn't that true. Now, I know I am a Christian. I have been for a long time. And I understand that there are churches where things happen that aren't good. There are people who are abused in churches. There, you know, there's gossip. There's this, there's that. You know, the cults, you know, this and that. My husband and I left a church. We'd gone to for many, many years because it got a little cultish. So I understand that churches can not be perfect because guess what? They're full of sinners. (laughs) My friend Frank Turek, who is an apologist, who does a great podcast called I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist, when people say to him, oh, there are nothing but hypocrites in church, he says, yeah, come on in. We have room for one more. (laughs) So true. It's not about that particular building. There are many, many churches in America that are teaching solid things where you have a church family and a sense of belonging to something that's more important than you and how you feel and who's doing what on Instagram or TikTok or anything else. That's what people are missing. And it's so funny to me because when people will tell me I got burned by a church, oh, I went to a church and, and I'll ask them if they're single, I'll say, oh, you still dating? Isn't that funny how people can get burned by a church and never go back, use it as an excuse because they had a bad experience at church, but you know, they can have a bad experience in romance and they'll keep swinging that bad again and again. Mm -hmm. We know. Anyway, the point that Mary Rose Kultzak makes, she says, we now have a generation of adults that grew up not attending worship services weekly and they're raising their children in a similar fashion. That's absolutely true. Not only the church aspect, but how many people are now raising children who've never even seen a healthy marriage themselves. Their parents were divorced when they were four or five. They now got married and they've gotten divorced and they're raising their kids because they've never seen a healthy marriage. So now we've got multiple generations of people who have never seen a healthy marriage. And when you don't have a healthy marriage, one of the things that often goes by the wayside, even if you're Christians, is church attendance. I've seen wives drag their husbands away from various churches for various reasons. Why a man follows his wife, a man's supposed to lead his wife, not follow her, but I've seen it happen. And sometimes there are good reasons for that. You know, sometimes the church is having a detrimental effect on their family. Other times it's just some woman who got sensitive about some issue. So she doesn't want to go to that church anymore. Or when people get divorced, obviously church goes by the wayside. Everything you do as a family 
goes by the wayside when there's a divorce. That's just another reason that divorce is so terrible. And I am a child of divorce, so I understand what that's like. But the people who don't really believe in anything now, for example, there are people who say they have no particular religious affiliation, right? And in this article in The Federalist, she says the nuns, meaning N-O-N-E-S, nuns, will tell you it's because we need to better embrace children's differences and preferences while empowering them with positive affirmations and encouraging personal acceptance through self-esteem workshops. She goes on to say, we clutter their calendars with sports, theater, STEM clubs, dance classes. If none of that pans out, we allow our kids to self-medicate with hours spent on social media. Parents will do all of this, but they won't take their families to church. Exactly right. She goes on to say in this column in The Federalist, yet research shows that children who attend weekly worship services have higher GPAs, score higher on standardized tests, and are less likely to be held back a grade. They're more likely to be uh, achieve a bachelor's degree in college. Fantastic. She said, when surveyed, parents often respond that their children and teens do not want to attend worship. This democratic approach to family decision-making only seems to apply to church attendance. For other important decisions like wearing a seatbelt or vaccinations, parents balk at giving their kids voting privileges. Right. Isn't that true? You'll let your kids say, I don't want to go to church, but they don't get a choice about eating chocolate cake for breakfast, right? Or staying out till 11 o'clock when they're 14. They don't get that choice, but they don't have to go to church. Nah, you don't have to get them to go to church. And by the way, if I understand that a lot of teenagers don't get a lot of sleep nowadays with the school schedule and whatnot. And if it's hard for your kid to get out of bed, well, first of all, you just get him out of bed. But if it's that hard, you can always go to evening classes uh, or church services. There are a lot of churches that offer afternoon or evening ones. But truly, if your little brat can't get out of bed on Sunday morning to go to church, what are they going to do in the real world when they have to get out of bed to go to work? I, I don't understand it. I, I just don't. I have a friend. He's a... Um, a former producer of mine who's a Latino, his father was Latino and absolutely did not uh, want to hear any nonsense about sleeping in on Saturday morning. And he said, I got up every Saturday morning. My dad dragged me out of bed and had me do chores and showed me how to do things. And my dad told me, if you don't know how to do these things, you know, work on cars, fix your yard, do handyman stuff. If you don't know how to do this, you're going to have to pay somebody else a lot of money to do it. And his father just did not cotton to the nonsense of sleeping until noon on Saturdays. I'm not saying kids shouldn't get their rest, but you know what I mean. I mean, whatever happened to getting your kid out of bed, whether they like it or not, who's the parent here? In 2018, there was a study done by Harvard's T.H. Chan School of Public Health and found some surprising benefits to children and adolescents who attend weekly worship. It turns out that children and teens who attend church grow up to be adults with higher rates of reported happiness and life satisfaction. They were less likely to suffer from anxiety and depression, less likely to use illicit drugs, less likely to engage in early sex and contract sexually transmitted infections. We could go on down the list. We all know what that is. Okay. But the thing is, it makes sense. And once again, I know what you're saying. Some people are going to listen to this and say, oh, well, you know, yeah, but this church and that church. Find a good church that's teaching solid truth. There are tons of them all over the country. There are a lot of pastors I listen to online. Email me. I can give you some suggestions of some people you can listen to online or some books you can read or things like that. Not that I'm any spiritual giant. I've got to tell you, my church family's not big, but my church family, I can rely on them far more than I can members of my own family in some cases. And I'm closer to them than I am a lot of my friends. 
This is a solid church family. We're there for each other. That's a big part of encouragement. And no, you don't have to go to church. You know, Jesus didn't say you have to go to church to do this or that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the community aspect, the encouragement that you have with your children, with your marriage, with your life. This It's all part of the community that you choose to surround yourself with. And if you are a person of faith and you just can't be bothered with making time for God or that kind of community, what are you doing? Because you're making time for community someplace else, right? Right. Right. In her column in The Federalist, once again, this is Mary Rose Kultzak. She said, we think we can combat all the negativity in the world by telling our children, you're perfect. You're awesome. You keep being you. Yeah. Where is that in the Bible? You ever hear Jesus say, you be you? (laughs) Well, that's not what it's all about. The point is we're supposed to try to be more like him. And we're not. But they want to tell these kids they're great and have kindergarten graduations. And, oh, you're, you know, you deserve a round of applause for getting out of bed for school this morning. I mean, come on. It's crazy. She goes on to say, where do we go with all of our baggage when the church is not an option? We go to therapists and pharmacists, but trends show the last place parents want to go is the place actually offering a solution. Right. How many kids are depressed because they feel no sense of belonging and they feel no sense of purpose? You're looking at Instagram and TikTok, all these other things, and you think that your life doesn't measure up. Well, their lives don't measure up, but they're putting on a show for you. But if you're young, you don't understand that. Of course, parents should take the phones away. It's a whole other story. Giving your kid a phone when she's 10 or 11 or 12 years old and not, especially girls, and not even, you know, feeling certain about what she looks like. Her body's still developing and now she looks at these other girls and she's all depressed or she finds out on Friday night that all of her friends went somewhere without her. When I was in high school and I had to be home on a Friday night because nothing was going on. And I had to stay home and watch Love Boat. It was depressing. I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't fall apart. I wasn't despondent. But I was like, why am I home watching Love Boat? Well, at least I didn't know that all my friends were out having fun without me. And now that's what these people do. They get on Facebook and go, oh, everyone got invited to that dinner but me. Everyone got invited to the malt shop but me or whatever. It's very, very tough. You've got to teach your children Uh, you know, that they're not the center of the universe for starters. And also take the phones away if you feel it's affecting their mental health. Author goes on to say, newsflash kids, you're not perfect. You know that mean thing you did to your classmate in the cafeteria? That was a sin. And that nasty thought you had about that person? That was a sin. And that snide comment you made to your mom when you were hungry? Yep. Are you starting to see a pattern here? Now, you may be saying, well, I don't want to teach my kid that these things are sin. Well, there's right and there's wrong. And if there's no higher authority over everything we do, all of us, all of us are guilty of snarky comments and things like that. You know, if there's no higher authority, then why shouldn't I do that? But if you've got somebody telling you, God is saying, you're not supposed to do this. You're not supposed to think you're better than somebody else. You're not supposed to compare yourself with somebody else. How many parents tell their kids that in the morning? As they send their kids off to school, how about a parent telling their child, listen, honey, you are who you are because God made you the way you are. You look the way you are. Uh, You're built the way you are, whatever kind of intelligence level you have, because God made you for his purposes. Not you're special, not you're the greatest thing ever, none of that nonsense, but God created you. He loves you. Your life matters. You were created for a purpose. Don't go to school and gossip. Don't go to school and compare yourself to other kids favorably or unfavorably. And there's a reason for that. But if you told your kid not to do that and you didn't tell them God was the reason, why wouldn't they? 
We all know gossip hurts everybody. I mean, how, how many people haven't gotten caught gossiping and gotten in trouble for that? It's terrible. It's a very, very detrimental, which is why the Bible says so much more about gossip than it does your sex life. If you read it, you realize that. But, you know, we've got parents today who think that you're going to make up for the deficits in a child's psychological development by telling them they're great all the time. It's one thing to say, you were created by God. Yes, you matter. You're created for a purpose. I love you. But this idea that you're special, for what? I mean, you're special to God, but you're not superior to anybody. But we're telling kids the wrong things. And then when there's a problem, therapists, pharmacists, everything else but church, everything else but God created you. What's the purpose for my existence? We don't teach kids that anymore. So they don't go to church. They don't have two-parent families that are intact for any length of time if they ever have them at all. No wonder the kids are having such a problem. If you want your kids to be happier, they need to have more stable lives. They need to have more family time, more things you do together. I know plenty of parents who won't get out of bed on a Sunday morning, take their kids to school. I worked all week. I need to sleep in. Okay. All right. But you'll, you know, you'll stay out late at a party on Saturday night or you'll do this or do that. My mother has a saying that is so true. She says, people do what they want to do. They always find time to do what they want to do. So important. But if you're a parent, your number one goal in life should not be your child's happiness. It should be your child's spirituality, obviously. You want to make sure your child's saved if you're a person of faith and things like that. But if you want to make your child a little bit happier, start by doing something more meaningful as a family. Even if you're a single parent, going as a single parent, add more meaning to their lives and less of the you know, superficial junk that the kids are all getting caught up in. And I promise you'll see a difference. I'm Heidi Harris. On Sunday night, you can catch me live on 97.1 FM Talk, 7 to 9 p.m. It's in St. Louis. You can find me live, uh, HeidiHarrisShow.com. You can find a link to the show right there, or HeidiHarris.com, either one of those. You can find a link to listen live to the show. You can find my uh, blogs and podcasts and also my videos that I do a couple of times a week. All of that is up at either HeidiHarris.com or HeidiHarrisShow.com. Com, Instagram, Heidi Harris Show. And if you'd like to email me, Heidi at HeidiHarris.com. Always appreciate the feedback and the comments. And if you go to HeidiHarrisShow.com, you can find a little link there right on the front. You can email the show and then I can sign you up for my newsletter, which I send out about once a week with headlines, various news stories that I may not get to over the course of the week. So it's all free. Don't worry. I'm not going to spam you. I promise. All right. Until we meet again, remember you were created for a purpose. Tell your children they were created for a purpose. Find it and live it. Here's Tony Scottwell. Well.